story twelve of christmas with lucy maud montgomery a selection of stories this LibriVox recording is in the public domain story twelve a christmas mistake tomorrow is christmas announced teddy grant exultantly as he sat on the floor struggling manfully with a refractory bootlace that was knotted and tagless and stubbornly refused to go into the eyelets of teddy's patched boots ain't i glad though hurrah his mother was washing the breakfast dishes in a dreary listless sort of way she looked tired and broken-spirited ted's enthusiasm seemed to grate on her for she answered sharply christmas indeed i can't see that it is anything for us to rejoice over other people may be glad enough but what with winter coming on i'd sooner it was spring than christmas mary alice do lift that child out of the ashes and put its shoes and stockings on everything seems to be at sixes and sevens here this morning keith the oldest boy was coiled up on the sofa calmly working out some algebra problems quite oblivious to the noise around him but he looked up from his slate with his pencil suspended above an obstinate equation to declaim with a flourish christmas comes but once a year and then mother wishes it wasn't here i don't then said gordon son number two who was preparing his own noon lunch of bread and molasses at the table and making an atrocious mess of crumbs and sugary syrup over everything i know one thing to be thankful for and that is that there'll be no school we'll have a whole week of holidays gordon was noted for his aversion to school and his affection for holidays and we're going to have turkey for dinner declared teddy getting up off the floor and rushing to secure his share of bread and molasses and cranberry sauce and pound cake ain't we ma no you are not said mrs grant desperately dropping the dishcloth and snatching the baby on her knee to wipe the crust of cinders and molasses from the chubby pink and white face you may as well know it now children i've kept it from you so far in hopes that something will turn up but nothing has we can't have any christmas dinner to-morrow we can't afford it i pinched and saved every way i could for the last month hoping that i'd be able to get a turkey for you anyhow but you'll have to do without it there's that doctor's bill to pay and a dozen other bills coming in and people say they can't wait i suppose they can't but it's kind of hard i must say the little grants stood with open mouths and horrified eyes no turkey for christmas was the world coming to an end wouldn't the government interfere if anyone ventured to dispense with a christmas celebration the gluttonous teddy stuffed his fist into his eyes and lifted up his voice keith who understood better than the others the look on his mother's face took his blubbering young brother by the collar and marched him into the porch the twins seeing the summary proceedings swallowed the outcries they had intended to make although they couldn't keep a few big tears from running down their fat cheeks mrs grant looked pityingly at the disappointed faces around her don't cry children you make me feel worse we're not the only ones who have to do without a christmas turkey we ought to be very thankful that we have anything to eat at all i hate to disappoint you but it can't be helped never mind mother said keith comfortingly relaxing his hold upon the porch door whereupon it suddenly flew open and precipitated teddy who had been tugging at the handle heels over head backwards we know you've done your best it's been a hard year for you just wait though i'll soon be grown up and then you and these greedy youngsters shall feast on turkey every day of the year 
hello teddy have you got on your feet yet mind sir no more blubbering when i'm a man announced teddy with dignity i'd just like to see you put me in the porch and i mean to have turkey all the time and i won't give you any either all right you greedy small boy only take yourself off to school now and let us hear no more squeaks out of you tramp all of you and give mother a chance to get her work done mrs grant got up and fell to work at her dishes with a brighter face well we mustn't give in perhaps things will be better after a while i'll make a famous bread pudding and you can boil some molasses taffy and ask those little smithsons next door to help you pull it they won't whine for turkey i'll be bound i don't suppose they ever tasted such a thing in all their lives if i could afford it i'd have had them all in to dinner with us that sermon mr evans preached last sunday kind of stirred me up he said we ought always to try and share our christmas joy with some poor souls who had never learned the meaning of the word i can't do as much as i'd like to it was different when your father was alive the noisy group grew silent as they always did when their father was spoken of he had died the year before and since his death the little family had had a hard time keith to hide his feelings began to hector the rest mary alice do hurry up here you twin nuisances get off to school if you don't you'll be late and then the master will give you a whipping he won't answered the irrepressible teddy he never whips us he doesn't he stands us on the floor sometimes though he added remembering the many times his own chubby legs had been seen to better advantage on the school platform that man said mrs grant alluding to the teacher makes me nervous he is the most abstracted creature i ever saw in my life it is a wonder to me he doesn't walk straight into the river some day you'll meet him meandering along the street gazing into vacancy and he'll never see you nor hear a word you say half the time yesterday said gordon chuckling over the remembrance he came in with a big piece of paper he'd picked up on the entry floor in one hand and his hat in the other and he stuffed his hat into the coal scuttle and hung up the paper on a nail as grave as you please never knew the difference till ted slocum went and told him he's always doing things like that keith had collected his books and now marched his brothers and sisters off to school left alone with the baby mrs grant betook herself to her work with a heavy heart but a second interruption broke the progress of her dishwashing i declare she said with a surprised glance through the window if there isn't that absent-minded schoolteacher coming through the yard what can he want dear me i do hope teddy hasn't been cutting capers in school again for the teacher's last call had been in october and had been occasioned by the fact that the irrepressible teddy would persist in going to school with his pockets filled with live crickets and in driving them harnessed to strings up and down the aisle when the teacher's back was turned all mild methods of punishment having failed the teacher had called to talk it over with mrs grant with the happy result that teddy's behavior had improved in the matter of crickets at least but it was about time for another outbreak teddy had been unnaturally good for too long a time poor mrs grant feared that it was the calm before a storm and it was with nervous haste that she went to the door and greeted the young teacher he was a slight pale boyish-looking fellow with an abstracted musing look in his large dark eyes mrs grant noticed with amusement that he wore a white straw hat in spite of the season 
his eyes were directed to her face with his usual unseeing gaze just as though he was looking through me at something a thousand miles away said mrs grant afterwards i believe he was too his body was right there on the step before me but where his soul was is more than you or i or anybody can tell good morning he said absently i've just called on my way to school with a message from miss miller she wants you all to come up and have christmas dinner with her to-morrow for the land's sake said mrs grant blankly i don't understand to herself she thought i wish i dared take him and shake him to find out if he's walking in his sleep or not you and all the children every one went on the teacher dreamily as if he were reciting a lesson learned beforehand she told me to tell you to be sure and come shall i say that you will oh yes that is uh, i i suppose i i don't know said mrs grant incoherently i, I never expected oh, yes you may tell her we'll come she concluded abruptly thank you said the abstracted messenger gravely lifting his hat and looking squarely through mrs grant into unknown regions when he had gone mrs grant went in and sat down laughing in a sort of hysterical way i wonder if it is all right could cornelia really have told him she must i suppose but it is enough to take one's breath mrs grant and cornelia miller were cousins and had once been the closest of friends but that was years ago before some spiteful reports and ill-natured gossip had come between them making only a little rift at first that soon widened into a chasm of coldness and alienation therefore this invitation surprised mrs grant greatly miss cornelia was a maiden lady of certain years with a comfortable bank account and a handsome old-fashioned house on the hill behind the village she always boarded the school teachers and looked after them maternally she was an active church worker and a tower of strength to struggling ministers and their families if cornelia has seen fit at last to hold out the hand of reconciliation i'm glad enough to take it dear knows i've wanted to make up often enough but i didn't think she ever would we've both of us got too much pride and stubbornness it's the turner blood in us that does it the turners were all so set but i mean to do my part now she has done hers and mrs grant made a final attack on the dishes with a beaming face when the little grants came home and heard the news teddy stood on his head to express his delight the twins kissed each other and mary alice and gordon danced around the kitchen keith thought himself too big to betray any joy over a christmas dinner but he whistled while doing the chores until the bare welkin in the yard rang and teddy in spite of unheard-of misdemeanors was not collared off into the porch once when the young teacher got home from school that evening he found the yellow house full of all sorts of delectable odors miss cornelia herself was concocting mince pies after the famous family recipe while her ancient and faithful handmaiden hannah was straining into moulds the cranberry jelly the open pantry door revealed a tempting array of christmas delicacies did you call and invite the smithsons up to dinner as i told you asked miss cornelia anxiously yes was the dreamy response as he glided through the kitchen and vanished into the hall miss cornelia crimped the edges of her pies delicately with a relieved air 
i made certain he'd forget it she said you just have to watch him as if he were a mere child didn't i catch him yesterday starting off to school with his carpet slippers and in spite of me he got away to-day in that ridiculous summer hat you'd better set that jelly in the out-pantry to cool hannah it looks good we'll give those poor little smithsons a feast for once in their lives if they never get another at this juncture the hall door flew open and mr palmer appeared on the threshold he seemed considerably agitated and for once his eyes had lost their look of space-searching miss miller i am afraid i did make a mistake this morning it has just dawned on me i am almost sure that i called at mrs grant's and invited her and her family instead of the smithsons and she said they would come miss cornelia's face was a study mr palmer she said flourishing her crimping fork tragically do you mean to say you went and invited linda grant here to-morrow linda grant of all women in this world i did said the teacher with penitent wretchedness it was very careless of me i'm very sorry what can i do i'll go down and tell him i made a mistake if you like you can't do that groaned miss cornelia sitting down and wrinkling up her forehead in dire perplexity it would never do in the world for pity's sake let me think for a minute miss cornelia did think to good purpose evidently for her forehead smoothed out as her meditations proceeded and her face brightened then she got up briskly well you've done it and no mistake i don't know that i'm sorry either anyhow we'll leave it as it is but you must go straight down now and invite the smithsons too and for pity's sake don't make any more mistakes when he had gone and miss cornelia opened her heart to hannah i never could have done it myself never the turner is too strong in me but i'm glad it is done i've been wanting for years to make up with linda and now the chance has come thanks to that blessed blundering boy i mean to make the most of it mind hannah you never whisper a word about its being a mistake linda must never know poor linda she's had a hard time hannah we must make some more pies and i must go straight down to the store and get some more santa claus stuff i've only got enough to go around the smithsons when mrs grant and her family arrived at the yellow house next morning miss cornelia herself ran out bareheaded to meet them the two women shook hands a little stiffly and then a rill of long repressed affection trickled out from some secret spring in miss cornelia's heart and she kissed her new-found old friend tenderly linda returned the kiss warmly and both felt that the old-time friendship was theirs again the little smithsons all came and they and the little grants sat down on the long bright dining-table to a dinner that made history in their small lives and was eaten over again in happy dreams for months how those children did eat and how beaming miss cornelia and grim-faced soft-hearted hannah and even the absent-minded teacher himself enjoyed watching them after dinner miss cornelia distributed among the delighted little souls the presents she had bought for them and then turned them loose in the big shining kitchen to have a taffy pole and they had it to their heart's content and as for the shocking taffyfied state into which they got their own rosy faces and that once immaculate domain 
well as miss cornelia and hannah never said one word about it neither will i the four women enjoyed the afternoon in their own way and the schoolteacher buried himself in algebra to his own great satisfaction when her guests went home in the starlit december dusk miss cornelia walked part of the way with them and had a long confidential talk with mrs grant when she returned it was to find hannah groaning in and over the kitchen and the schoolteacher dreamily trying to clean some molasses off his boots with the kitchen hairbrush long-suffering miss cornelia rescued her property and dispatched mr palmer into the woodshed to find the shoe-brush then she sat down and laughed hannah what will become of that boy yet there's no counting on what he'll do next i don't know how he'll ever get through the world i'm sure but i'll look after him while he's here at least i owe him a huge debt of gratitude for this christmas blunder what an awful mess this place is in but hannah did you ever in the world see anything so delightful as that little tommy smithson stuffing himself with plum cake not to mention teddy grant it did me good just to see them End of story twelve.